her group refers to as the Peace Index, which I love, and it's the five P's that make up the Peace Index. Uh, those are people, place, physical health, provision, and purpose. And I left purpose for last, even though it is probably the single largest P of the Peace Index. If you don't have purpose, you cannot be in a place of comfort and peace in your own life. And for so many, you know, that job, I don't want to say the job creates purpose, but as you know, as you were referring to earlier, that routine and the things that you get up and do, and it, if you feel like you're at a place where you're adding value, whether it's internally or to others, that provides a lot of that purpose. And then that goes away the minute you retire uh, in many examples, it doesn't have to, but that is, that's a really scary feeling. For a decade, Cahaba Wealth Management has been driven by a belief that our fiduciary responsibility is to have conversations with you, our current and future clients, to discover what really matters to you. Wealth is not created overnight. Instead, it is earned by having a solid blueprint that allows you to plan and build for the future. Our goal with this podcast is to share our best practices and strategies about creating a secure and joyous future, while also addressing ideas in the marketplace that do not work as well. Join us on this journey as we discuss the ups and downs of the investment world to educate you and help you make the best possible decisions for your financial well-being. Let's go now to the There Is A Better Way podcast. Hello, listeners. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the There Is A Better Way podcast brought to you by Cahaba Wealth Management. We are really glad that you are here today. We have some special guests, some partners from Cahaba Wealth Management. We have Brian O'Neill. He is a founder and partner. And we have Chris Conkle. He is a partner at Cahaba Wealth Management. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good morning, MJ. How are you, MJ? I am doing great. And I am very excited to uh, talk about our topic today, which is really the it's, we're calling this the Retirement Readiness Series, and this is part one of um, the Readiness for Retirement, and we're going to get into something uh, that's really, I think it's super, super important, is uh, our, our, our experts are going to be talking about the emotional and psychological considerations around retirement. You might think that this is just a, uh, to use a Brian O'Neill word, a, a quantitative uh, a decision. Uh, you have enough money, uh, you can do it. But uh, uh, as as these gentlemen will uh, will go into the next twenty or thirty minutes, they'll explain um, how deep this really is. Uh, are you men ready to rumble? As ready as we'll ever be. Yeah. <laughs> well, living it, living it every day, talking about it every day uh, for the last uh, you know twenty some odd years, thirty years. Um, I, uh, I assume you're are as ready as you'll ever be. So Brian, why don't, why don't you kick us off and, and give us a little more, uh, I hope I didn't steal a little bit of your thunder there, but give no, us, some no, no, not at all. And you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> I would hope that people would be listening to this, wondering why financial guys are talking about the non-financial side of retirement. But, um, you know, as, as you pointed out, the quantitative side is why people might hire us. But we've learned in doing this long enough that if you don't focus enough on the qualitative side, are people emotionally ready to retire, that even if they have the money to do it, they may not enjoy the experience. 
and you know, truthfully, financial planning has evolved over the years where there is this behavioral and emotional component to it that is really hugely important. We've we've been fortunate to have kind of leaned into this for the last 10 plus years, but we've seen plenty of clients with plenty of money retire and not enjoy their retirements. Uh, one of the points, you know, we were talking about this, Chris and I, retirement is relatively new. And the concept that you could actually stop working before you die is not one that <clears throat> most of our grandfathers probably would have understood. You wake up, you go to work, someday you die. And that's just how it was. So the fact that there's enough resources now for people to stop working and to have to contemplate multiple years of a different life is tough sometimes. And so we really do want to get into this with our clients so that, yes, we'll focus on the quantitative side and are your numbers such that you can retire and retire comfortably. But then on the back side of that, do you actually know what you're going to do with your day? That is, is really important. So we want to make sure that our clients think about that as well. Excellent. Excellent. Chris, give us a little more of your your context around that and your your general thoughts around this idea that that retirement is a, a relatively modern day concept. It's new. T talk to us a little, delve into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and you know, looking back at at COVID and everybody's familiar with what was called the Great Resignation, and people started understanding and forced to contemplate probably for maybe the first time in in decades potentially. Wow, this is a some insight into what life might look like longer term where I'm not getting up, getting out the door, making a commute, you know, spending time with colleagues and socially interacting with people. Um, not to dwell too much on you know what happened four years ago, which is hard to believe, by the way. Um, but it really kicked off some interesting conversations with our clients specifically. And you know, depending on where they are in the career cycle. Um, we're really kind of talking most about our 40 and 50 year olds and, you know, people got a taste of what it might be like. And some people are really well prepared, um, have actually contemplated, you know, what their second act or, um, you know, what a phased retirement might look like. So, you know, this is a topical conversation, obviously with, you know, baby boomers, we, you know, you've seen all the stats on how many folks are going to be retiring in the decade ahead. Um, this conversation is never going to go away. And obviously we're in the business and in a unique position to be that guide and help people through, as Brian mentioned, yeah, the quantitative side, that's most times why people come to us, but really they don't come to us for, you know, oh, I've got to, got to wake up and I, I've got to have a, uh, a comprehensive financial plan. No, a lot of times they have fear or pain points, or they just are, don't feel comfortable, um, with the context of the numbers, but most importantly, you know, what, are, yeah, the emotional side. And what are you going to do when you've spent 40 plus years um, just, you know, punching the clock and it, it, people wake up and not everybody's prepared to handle what those ramifications are. Um, so this is just something that's near and dear to our hearts. Again, it's topical. We've uh, spent the last really, as Brian mentioned, you know, 10 years incorporating more of the behavioral and the emotional side into what we do. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, we want to explore and, and let people know as so many more people approach that retirement, um, you know, finish line, quote unquote, what's next, what's out there. Um, and so yeah, we want not the finish line. It's, it's the start of another race. That's right. That's right. So. Excellent. Well, really well said, Chris. And um, you know, let's face it. Uh, this is um, this is dealing with uh, change 
Uh, and uh, most people, um, <laughs> you know, our brains uh, have been, um, they're wired to uh, be safe, secure, and being at a job for 40 years. And as you said, Chris, you know, doing the commute every day, that's nice. And it's really kind of safe. Like I know where I go on Monday. I know where I go on Friday. I know what, I know where we go on, on Saturday night, you know, to, to have dinner and like my world makes sense. And when your world all of a sudden doesn't make sense anymore, uh, it can be unsettling and it can, um, uh, it can cause you, uh, you know, a lot of, a uh, lot of angst because you're, wow, this is, and we're, we're really talking about um, a pretty massive change here, aren't we, Brian? Certainly. And, you know, I'll, I will give a shout out to uh, Amy Norton at Giant Worldwide, who's helped our firm internally think about how we communicate with each other and the things that matter to us. And she helped bring us a concept that her group refers to as the Peace Index, which I love. Um, and it's the five P's that make up the Peace Index. Uh, those are people, place, physical health, provision and purpose. And I left purpose for last, even though it is probably the single largest P of the peace index. If you don't have purpose, you cannot be in a place of comfort and peace in your own life. And for so many, you know, that job, I don't want to say the job creates purpose, but as you know, as you were referring to earlier, that routine and the things that you get up and do, and it, if you feel like you're at a place where you're adding value, whether it's internally or to others, that provides a lot of that purpose. And then that goes away the minute you retire uh, in many examples. It doesn't have to, but that is, that's a really scary feeling. And you know that, that peace index applies to so many different things. I've used that talking with clients, but I've used it talking with my wife at home and about our family life and with my daughter and some of the things she's dealing with. It applies on so many levels. So it's a good example. And there are other pieces of that provision being one of those. That's the financial side mm. of the peace index. And we feel like at Cahaba, we can certainly help with that. Um, but in, if you don't have purpose, you're going to struggle. And I've had you know now 27 years experience in this business. I have probably helped no fewer than 150, 200 families go into and, and move to retirement. And I have seen people retire and lose that purpose. And it's it's hard to watch. Um, there are folks who they're just untethered and they don't know what to do. And there's, it brings depression and, you know, unhappiness to be perfectly honest. So the more we can coach people in these areas, the, hopefully the provision side, we can help, help them be comfortable with that, but making sure we talk to our clients in advance about this. Um, I've recommended for years as clients approach, whatever they think their retirement age is, take a week off, but don't do anything. Use your vacation. Sit at home, see what that's going to be like, because there's no way to put it into practice, especially if you work for a company where you kind of have to do what the company line is. I mean, people who own their own businesses, things like that, it could be different. So it's just a different animal and it's worth exploring so that you can really have that truly fulfilled life in retirement that isn't just, I retired. It's now that next, next phase. Well, there's the, the, uh, the operative words, a fulfilled life in retirement. And Chris, I thought you, you brought up a great point, although I don't like talking about four years ago, but, but you're right is that four years ago gave people a forced, um, what would it be like to be at home? Uh, you know, and, um, uh, and 
we know that people really struggled. I mean, you know, the alcohol industry really surged uh, during uh, that time. Uh, <laughs> you know, pe people were struggling with stress and being home and not being able to get on their commute. So um, uh, it's uh, it's it's a it's a real thing. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Chris uh, making the jump. Uh, talk a little bit about the fear and that uh, people don't like to make jumps and leap. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you're up against a significant just life milestone, you know, there's going to be more pressure. There's going to be a lot more uncertainty. There's frankly, people are going to be scared to say. Um, and it's not just, you know, maybe a 40 year career, you know, start from six years old, you've got structure to your day, you are supposed to be somewhere. Um, and that once once you lose that structure, yeah, the fear and the uncertainty can creep in. So what we like to tell you, everybody is scared to make that jump. Now, I like to think we've got some clients that we've worked with, you know, early on in their career and have, have worked with for 10 to 15 years in some cases. And it's Hey, they've been in the program. They know what to expect. We've had opportunities to coach throughout, but you know, there's a lot of folks out there that don't work uh, or don't have a trusted advisor or a guide to help them think through certain things. So, what we like to tell everybody is scared. Everybody is. Everybody's got fear, whether they want to admit it or not, about what that next chapter might look like. Um, you know, so really, you know, and we'll talk our book a little bit here, but the only antidote to fear in that case is having a plan. And, and really understanding, do I have enough assets to cover my, you know, cover my expenses longer term? But more importantly, yeah, what am I going to do with a potentially 30 year retirement? And what are those types of things that are going to help you stay sharp, stay connected socially in the community, perhaps building your own community? Um, just really trying to figure out what are some of those things that you haven't had the time to do, but there's passion, there's, um, you know, there's, there's really just we want an outlet uh, for them to continue to, you know, lead that fulfilling life, but really just on the fear side, it's, it's an unknown. So, you know, helping people cross the, the chasm and, and get across safely to the other side. Um, we relish that. I mean, that's, that's why we get up and do what we do every day is to help minimize some of that fear and uncertainty around a big life milestone. Well, and, and believe it or not, MJ, the fear of taking the leap as as chris has put it is a huge one but then there's also fear even when you've taken the leap yeah uh once that it may sound strange for people who you think you know if, if you're an outsider not knowing much about the financial planning industry many people view us as the bad guy like to come into your house and tell you not to spend any money because you don't have you won't have any left the truth is more often than not we have to tell our clients to spend their money because it's hard You've spent your whole life saving and it's like, wait, now I have to, I have to spend that. And that scares the daylights out of people. Chris will, he'll, he'll laugh at this because he knows I'm always going to throw some reference in, but I have a very favorite, um, folk singer, a guy named Todd Snyder out of Nashville. And he's in one of his songs, he has the line, everything in moderation, including moderation, I suppose. And I like it. And shout out to Todd Snyder. I'm sure he listens to our podcast every week because, um, <laughs> you know, folk singers like to do that. Um, but the, the point there is, you know, moderation is great when you're looking at your spending in retirement. But it, it's easy to scare people into not spending their own money. And what have you done your whole life? You've worked to save so that you can enjoy retirement. So many times we have to encourage our people to enjoy it. And I'll use a line many times 
you know, you better fly first class or else your kids will. So try to try to enjoy it. But it's hard so that that there are emotional steps to get through even after you've taken that leap. Uh, and we really want to spend that time with with each client to help them understand what they can do comfortably within the constraints of their plan. Excellent. Excellent. So, yes. And and, and we do want to do a shout out to Todd Snyder, who listens to the uh, There Is A Better Way podcast, as well as one of Brian's uh, favorite actors is Jason Sudeikis um, from Ted Lasso, who I'm sure also yes. that oh, Jason. He's also, yeah, he's on right now, I'm sure. <laughs> He's, he's totally listening. <laughs> he's totally listening. So, so, and I want to point out something to all of our listeners that I, I think Chris said that I really loved is he mentioned a couple of times, he said the word, we are a guide. And I love that. And he also used the word coach, but you know, to have someone guide you through this, this is like, um, you know, uh, Okay. Uh, yes. You could find anybody to help you quantitatively with numbers. There's lots of numbers people, but what I hear here is an integration of, you know, numbers and planning, and then also some really good, you know, this, uh, this peace index. Wow. That's a, that's a genius thing right there. I, 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 <laughs> I got to talk to Amy Norton. She's uh she, her and her firm sound like they're, they're awesome. Um, but the peace index, you know, putting the psychological together with this is, uh, seems to be very powerful. And, um, uh, Brian, talk to us about, uh, you know, kind of the, cause the plan shifts now from, you know, 30 to 40 years of accumulating to now, you know, kind of depleting. And that's what you're talking about. That's the hard part, right? Is, oh, now I'm watching instead of watching it, the, 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 uh, the balances go up, yeah. they're now going down. That's uh, th that, does that freak people out? Is that what you're talking about with this, uh, kind of how do you live off your assets and how do you get okay with it? Completely. Um, you're right. I mean, we, we try to encourage our clients not to look at their portfolio that often. It actually, the best investors are the ones who rarely look because, you know, if given time assets go up, uh, the stock market has gone up roughly three out of every four years over the past 100 years. So why people focus on a week or a month or six months is is still kind of beyond me. But but people do. And it's a lot more fun to watch it go up than it is to watch it go down. Um, that comes in like there are there are different. Um, again, back to the behavioral side, I, I read a great book. And I've again, I Chris will get tired of hearing all these references because he hears them all the time. But Michael Lewis wrote a book called The Undoing Project um, that effectively was about these two Israeli psychologists who did fundamental groundbreaking work on behavioral economics. Uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of them won a Nobel Prize. I don't think they both did together, which yeah. I found strange. But um, they talk about all these biases that that interrupt the decision making process. And, you know, MJ, you said earlier, you know, the human brain is wired. That's exactly what this is talking about. We have thousands of years of wiring that sometimes is hard to undo. And if, you know, if we were hunter gatherers, we certainly weren't, wor you know, worried about what day we were going to retire. Um, so, you know, we were going to hunt and gather until we couldn't anymore. So, you know, it's just some of these biases and, and coming back to what you just talked about, there's a loss aversion bias. People actually would rather not lose money than they would make money. It's almost like the, the really great football coach example who hates losing more than he likes winning. Um, and it's the same thing when looking at your account balances. You don't want to see it go down. So 
it's a really challenging dynamic. Um, and we, we really do. We spend a lot of that time talking to people like, this is what we did this for. Let's remember this. This is why you saved. This is going to, you know, help you enjoy your retirement with your family, with your kids, with your grandkids. Um, and it's, it's an interesting dynamic and one, and one we enjoy tackling because those are easier to tackle in my mind than, than convincing somebody that the market's going to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I'll just add just one quick point to that. Um, you know, it, it is really fascinating when you pose a question, you know, some say a new new client walks in the door and you just pose a very simple question. Why are you investing in the first place? And I can't tell you how many blank faces or prolonged pregnant pauses I get. You know, when you just ask a very simple question, you know, drawing a, a line of meaning to, you know, to to investing, to saving. Like if we don't pose that question early on, we run the risk of you know, them eventually getting to the door. If we never ask that question about why are you doing this in the first place? Um, we really run into some issues down the line, potentially where we lose sight of, we're not investing just to maximize how many dollars are left over at the end of the day. There might be some clients that take that approach and um, want to max, you know, that's their version of maximizing a legacy. But um, there's some very simple just questions that we help ask. And as a guide and just make sure that we are assigning meaning um, early on in the process so we force people to contemplate, you know, the end game and kind of work backwards and say, all right, you know, let's build out a plan starting with the end in mind. How is that going to impact your decision to spend an extra couple thousand dollars to take your family on vacation when you're all healthy, enjoy being with each other? Like, you know, we, you know, we, we, our job is to push, as Brian said, you know, it's, it's a lot of times we're, really trying to encourage people to spend their money. And so having those conversations early on and, and working with a planner early on in your career can really be beneficial to help start framing, you know, these really difficult decisions um, in retirement or financial independence, whatever term you want to apply to it. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's but important. It, it, as you can probably already tell, Chris is a lot more thoughtful than I am. He's a more introspective guy and he'll refer to himself as a financial Sherpa, which I think is a great, term i tend to refer to myself as the financial <laughs> bartender you know i just got to sit there spit shine the glasses listen to people tell me those stories that are strange and that they can't work through and help them think of the way to work through it so but every it, it gets us to the same place um in somewhat of a different way but it's all about helping people again have that fulfillment well it's about helping people to um you know, to think through things because people don't like to think through things. They don't like the, they don't, again, I, they have a thing that I call lazy brain and lazy brain. Your brain is wired to not have metabolic changes and to expend energy. So it's a lot easier to not think. And what you're hearing from, uh, from these two uh, partners at Cahaba wealth management is you're hearing, we help people with their thinking. And, well, and to be to be fair, it's not all on lazy brain. There's some of that. Mm -hmm. um, our industry has done a massive disservice to individual clients mm -hmm. um, by by making everything sound so complex that they couldn't possibly figure it out. Or now in the day of social media, having people who there there's another group we listen to, um, and and they will. So I'm not I'm borrowing this. They will refer to these folks as financial charlatans whose whole job is just to scare the crap out of everybody. Mm -hmm. 
and to write the, oh, this is what's going to cause the market to go into the toilet email. Yeah. And they send them every day. I get them every single day. Yeah. And most of these folks are terrible at predicting. Um, even go back to the beginning of 2022, and probably every major investment bank's thesis was, we will be in a recession by the end of 23, and the market will be terrible. And neither one of those could have been further from the truth in 23. And I'm not saying we predicted it was going to go up. We just have the the intellectual honesty not even to try to predict. It's it's a waste of time. So we just want to make sure people stay focused. And But it isn't just people's brains not wanting to think. They're getting overloaded with bad information so often that it makes it hard to, to parse through it all. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the prophets of doom, I call them. Uh, oh, it, it's it's a cottage industry, and it really it it hacks me off. It does not do a service to anybody. And you know, some of these guys have made good predictions um, in the past. Or let me rephrase that: they've gotten one right. Right. But right. I, I will say, many times, the worst thing that can happen to these guys is they can be right once in a row because they think they're smart. Yeah. When in, instead of they just got really fortunate and guessed something was going to happen that actually happened. Um, it doesn't help. It is not helpful to be constantly scaring people. Uh, markets go up. There it is. Yeah, markets markets go up. Focus on focus on the good. You'll get more good. Um, let's uh, let's let's pivot a little bit here and let's talk about uh, purpose. Uh, and Chris, talk to us about uh, the idea of purpose and um, not retiring from something, but retiring to something. Give us your, give us your ideas on that. Yeah. So, and this, this really is, you know, these goal line conversations when you're up against it, you know, a lot of folks, and as we talked about earlier, you know, in recent past with defined benefit plans and everything else, you'd wake up, go to the factory, you know, and maybe get out the door at 65, 70, whatever the case may be. Um, you weren't really, yeah, you were retiring from something. There's not really a, a chance at a second act or anything else. So part of our planning process is to help people really understand the difference of retirement versus financial independence so that, yeah, you're, you might retire from, from your main primary job that you've been working at for 20, 30 years. Um, but we don't, we try to encourage people to think about it more in terms of what are you retiring into? You know, what, what is the second act? Um, and it could be it could be more work. It could be a different job in a different industry. It could be consulting services. I mean, there's there's a whole gamut of things people can do. Um, but this is really striking back to that purpose. How are you going to lead a fulfilling life? How are you going to stay involved in the community? How are you going to ensure that you're you know you're again working backwards from the ends, minimizing those regrets on a deathbed? You know, I really wish. Um, you know, I, I had retired a little bit earlier. I knew I had enough money, but I just couldn't contemplate what that looked like. And I got started too late as far as involvement and grandchildren or the church or whatever the case may be. Um, so really trying to just shift that mindset. Hey, we know that a lot of your identity and a lot of your purpose as, as a working professional, assuming you've got a rewarding career and enjoyed you know, what you're doing, um, that's one thing. But we really want to just shift the mindset with a simple question. We're not just retiring and going to the rocking chair. I don't know many people that can do that. Um, I mean, I love to read and I love being stationary and I can do that for a period of time, but it doesn't, you know, most people can't do that for, um, for decades. You know, as Brian mentioned, encouraging people to take 
couple of weeks off, just kind of sit with yourself and, and figure out and force yourself to contemplate, what do I really want to do with my time? Because uh, that is our scarcest resource to all of us on this earth. That is that is the one thing that's in short supply for everyone. Um, so just it's more about intentionality and just understanding. And if if they've got comfort that the numbers work and that's a big part of our job, then the next question is going to be, all right, what are, what are we going to go do uh, in this world to, to make sure you're leading a purposeful, fulfilling life? And, and don't forget, one of the five P's in that peace index I mentioned earlier is people. And if you re- when you retire, many times, it's not like you've lost those people, but they're still working. They've got eight to five or whatever you know, their schedule looks like, very filled. And the idea that you can just pop in and hang out with them is, is not exactly realistic. So are you talking about replacing the people in your lives or are you simply talking about pivoting and, and interacting with people in a different way? And then you will most likely have to find other people to interact with who have as much time as you do and or some of the interests that you do. So when you think about, you know, those that peace index having five five focal points, two of them get completely uprooted at retirement. Your purpose and the people can be completely changed. And that's difficult. If any one of your P's is out of whack, you may not have your peace index comfortably. So if two of them go out of whack, you could be in a real serious issue if you haven't stopped to think about it. Well, uh, these are these are great points. I want all of our listeners to really uh, tune into these and see how they hit, uh, you know, not only your mind, um, but your heart and understand that this this discussion is, uh, as I said, is is deeper. It's integrated it's really looking at the, uh, you know, the whole person and, and their, uh, as you, as you said, they're living a fulfilled life to have the satisfaction of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the satisfaction of a person who can sleep well and can live well and can have fun. What one, a recent, a recent podcast I did for one of our clients, um, uh, they're, they're in the recruiting business and, um, uh, one of their senior recruiters was retiring and she said, I'm not looking at it as retiring. I'm looking at it as I'm graduating. And she said, graduation sounds a lot better than retirement to me. And uh, I can also tell you, we we also do a podcast for a, um, uh, a senior uh, living um, community out in uh, Wisconsin. And um, one of the things that they say is they say that as people get older, their lives tend to shrink and they get their lives get smaller. And the purpose of this particular community is to help open up people's lives with hobbies and interests. And, you know, as, as your friends start passing away, uh, you know, you have less, you, you know, not only can you not hang out with them because they're working, well, then they're completely gone. So people's worlds tend to, to tend to close up. And what you're talking about is how do you stay open and how do you stay fulfilled as you go into, as you graduate to the next, uh, the next level? Yes. Absolutely. So Brian, um, talk to us about the ideas. We come to, to land this plane a little bit, talk about phased retirement versus full retirement. That's a, it's a challenge to be perfectly honest with you, MJ, because not everybody can phase their retirement. Um, I, we work with a lot of corporate executives and the reality is at big corporations who have thousands of people, uh, even the CEO, you know, you just retire. Rarely can you say, well, I'm going to slide into this new role. 
So phased retirement for some people is not exactly, you know, the same. For example, I'm a financial advisor. I can scale back and work with clients for as long as I really want, um, as long as our firm will still have me. So there are different nuances to it. And so phased retirement may not be, oh, I've found that next role that I can transition into. It, it's more, all right, I'm looking towards retirement in a year, two years, three years. What can I begin to plug into that lets me glide into not retirement, but the next act, as Chris has said, the second act or the third act or however many acts you've put on through your life. So um, and and it's thinking about whether that's, you know, board service or involvement in your community, whether it's nonprofits or in your church or synagogue or, or wherever you worship. Um, it's thinking about those things. And, and then also your core group of people who's in the same boat with you. Can I, can I work with that person to spend some time and say, Hey, maybe we need to start a book club or, you know, I, it's just things like that to figure out what's going to fill your day, but make it a fulfilling day. Because people can fill their day easily, but you know, th- is that really what you want to do? We have a lot of people who will talk about wanting to play golf every day and all that kind of stuff. And I, I chuckle. Like, some people can. I've got a handful of clients who can play golf all day, every day. Does not bother them. After a couple of weeks or months of that, though, most people are like, "Okay, what's what's next?" Um, so that phased retirement concept means different things to different people. If you have the level of control to be able to not just drive off the retirement cliff to glide down the hill. That's perfect. And especially if you have a career, like I love what I do. I would always be fulfilled doing what I do because I feel like I'm helping people. But not everybody has that choice. So they're going to have to look at an alternative that's more personal to them as how do they phase into retirement. Chris, um, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. And also, uh, you know, give us some context around um I sense that for some people, they have to kind of put some thought into where they're going to go. And you have a very interesting concept uh, that you talked to me about, which is, you know, what have you put off, you know, because you're too busy? Is that a way that you can help someone to identify where they could find some interest? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's it's really digging in. And our job as that guide, it's not just the numbers. It's human-centric approach. Um, that we have a depth of a relationship with a lot of our clients where we can speak freely about, you know, what they enjoy doing and, you know, really what their passion projects are or helping them think through if money was no object, what would you be doing in this world? You know, really, and, and trying to have those, again, have those conversations earlier on, not just at the retirement, uh, threshold, uh, but just trying to zoom out and say, you know what? If, if money was no object and I really just got to do what I really wanted to do, whether, you know, and it could be, it could be any number of things, but just helping, you know, spark that conversation early. You know, a lot of folks just, you know, they frankly don't prioritize, you know, certain things along the way. And it's because they've got really stressful, high octane jobs that doesn't allow them that, that time to think through it. And again, busy professionals that we work with, super successful a lot of their identity, you know, tied up in accomplishments at work and this, that, and the other. Um, as long as we're just being real people and, and real humans, and you know, friend, and I won't hesitate to call, you know, some clients, you know, dear friends. I mean, it's really just trying to understand. All right, I've got perspective. I can help see your blind spots, and I can really help 
pull out the stuff that's meaningful to you. And so let's go explore. What does that look like? Is it consulting? Is it writing children's books? Is it, you know, really, you know, daycare for, for grandkids and, and helping your, your kiddos out because that just gives you all the fulfillment that, and then some that you'll ever need. It's, it's different for everyone. And so really just understanding who that person is um, at their core, starting, you know, starting that process early on, really digging out what, um, what's going to move the needle for them. And again, you know, just work backwards. What are we, you know, don't look back with, with the regret that you could have done something if you had a little bit more time. Let's try to find ways to be intentional and build that out. Stretch yourself potentially uh, along the way. Nice. Brian? I can't help but think of uh, yet another reference. Chris um, had our company read a book called Legacy. And the the book is about the New Zealand all-black rugby team and the journey they took. Um, they, they are widely regarded as the best team in that sport, uh, but they had a little blip in the radar screen for a period of time, and they had to re-examine themselves and figure out what it was that that made them what they wanted to be. I think about that. It's very applicable to work and companies, and you know they use this term "leave the shirt in a better place," but it's it's really applicable to everything, right? I mean, your legacy is about yes, your work, but th- your legacy is really about who you are as a human being and what do you do to leave your shirt in a better place for the next generation. And so all these things tie together. Um, it may sound, sound a little highfalutin, but the reality is most people are not simply interested in just punching a clock. And we are incredibly fortunate uh, as we sit here in 2024 to be able to contemplate our legacies instead of just contemplating, can I feed my family? So you know, we try to encourage everybody we can to think about that. Um, we are fortunate. Let's let's take advantage of that and let the next generations remain fortunate. And so that retirement conversation, it's really not retirement. It's it's financial independence. When can I do what I want to do? So that requires thinking about what do I want to do? Yeah, what, what, a, what a great way to say it. Um, you know, my my own father, um, uh, who, who died pretty young, uh, but in in his later years, um, became besides being a real estate professional, also was um, a, t- a term that we use today was was working off the side of his desk. Uh, he was working off the side. Of, he was he had side hustles, and his side hustles were photography, um, botany. He, he he built a greenhouse with his own hands in the backyard in his little little house in in Connecticut. He did uh, he had plants. He had flowers. Uh, he, he, uh, and then he started painting and, uh, talk about his legacy. We have some of his paintings in my house and in my son's houses and, um, and they're pretty darn good. He's an early Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, <laughs> he was, and, uh, and he really enjoyed himself. And, uh, you know, I, I believe it was, um, Carl Jung said that as, uh, as we age, um, we desire wholeness. And as we, so we start to integrate different parts of ourselves and, you know, that we were not using or we were not exploring before. And I was always so impressed with my, my dad, cause he, he did that. He explored all kinds of interests. He was, he was crazy for hot air balloons. He would go to hot air balloon festivals and watch the balloons. And then he would bring back the photographs of the balloons. And then he would paint a picture 
of the balloons. I mean, he was he was rocking it. That's a good example. Yeah, it's a great example of of how to try to stay fulfilled, and it had nothing to do with his financials. So, uh, it's it's a good example of what we try to do every day here with our clients. It's why we don't spend all day every day talking about stocks and you know our our clients. They want to know they're okay, but they really want to have the next conversation about how to how to live as this evolves. Well, and I think as as we we say the final words on this, I I want to give you each uh, a chance to do the the locker room speech, as I call it. Uh, you know, uh, no, no matter where the the your client is or future clients are, people listening to this podcast, um, talk to us about maybe make Chris just give us the ending. Uh, put the cap in this and and talk to us about how you get that conversation started because because you're talking about being a guide and being a coach. Um, give us some ending words on how people can think about this uh, uh, graduating or a living a fulfilled life after the the uh, the the retirement day. Yeah. So I mean, to get to that point to have these conversations because these are very intimate conversations. I mean, this is you know this you're bearing your soul when we're venturing into these waters. So that's step one is that comfort level. Do you have that right guide? Do you have that right person to help you think through all this? So that's really step one is identifying who is that person going to be, whether it's an advisor, whether it's, you know, trusted friends, your community, you might have your McDonald's coffee group, whatever the case may be, you got to find the right people to help you, you know, along the way. So that's, that's really a very important part. And again, might sound a little self-serving, but why we believe deeply in what we do and the service we provide to a lot of folks. So, um, you know, that, that really is an important point. I don't want to get across here. I like it to get to that point, to have that conversation, there's gotta be a, a, a significant level of trust, uh, you know, built up. So in, in helping people, you know, what does that look like to plant trees that you'll never stand under? Um, but you're doing it to leave a legacy. You're doing it to, um, you know, how do you want to be remembered? And, you know, we all are, have expiration dates. Um, we don't know what they might be, but really thinking about, yeah, how, how do you want to be remembered in your interactions? What kind of legacy do you want to want to leave behind? So um, getting to that point, having those conversations, it's a lifelong conversation too. This is not just a one-off, oh, it's time for retirement. We need to go box, you know, box check and say, all right, what are you going to do with your time? This is a product of a long-term relationship uh, that leads us into those waters where, yeah, they, they trust us to, to get them to wherever they want to go. And we try to partner with them. We tell them we don't have all the answers, but we're going to, we're going to help you along the way. If you're willing to, to open yourself up and, um, and, and really ask, ask for, for help and guidance. Yeah. I, I want all of our listeners to hear that. It's re- really, really great stuff. And, uh, I, I love that, um, you said in the beginning, you know, make sure that you have the right guide. That's very important, you know, to, to have the right person that you can talk to that will have these kinds of conversations with you. Uh, Brian, final thoughts on, uh, leaving a legacy, the emotional and psychological considerations around retirement. I can't say it much better than Chris. Um, I'll repeat it a different way. Find your Sherpa, find your bartender, uh, financial or otherwise. Um, you know, not everybody is in a position to either need or be able to to do a full financial planning engagement. But that doesn't mean you don't have friends and family and people you can lean on. Uh, that next act, whatever it is for you, is challenging. Everybody 
views it as scary. You're not alone in that instance. So find others, talk about it, and make a plan one way or the other. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have the, the financial wherewithal to do it, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, but if you're not, that's it's still necessary. So it's good advice whether you have a financial situation that requires it or not. Perfect. Very, very well said. Really excellent discussion uh, on things that people, I think, should um, think about uh, as it relates to the uh, the psychology around a retirement. Really great conversation today, gentlemen. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for being here on the There Is a Better Way podcast. Uh, really, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, MJ. Thanks for your time. So I want to say to all of our listeners uh, that um, uh, this is a uh, this was a great discussion. It it, it reminds me of uh, of of one of my um, uh, favorite uh, artists that I listened to uh, in a, in a song called Celebrate. Uh, his name is uh, his name is Soul S O L L, and uh, he says in in this song he says, um, uh, you know, if our life didn't end, it wouldn't mean much, would it? Uh, and I thought that was a that was a pretty powerful uh, pretty powerful statement. Uh, thanks to everyone for for being here. If you are already a um, a client of Cahaba Wealth Management, we would ask that you would um, uh, hit the share button on this episode and send it to your friends, family, relatives, people that you work with, uh, people that you're in the different uh, uh, clubs with or you associate with. Uh, this is a great discussion. It's uh, completely complimentary. Uh, as a service uh, from Cahaba Wealth Management, uh, and let them listen. Let them get to know. If you if you want to if you want to get um, the people that you know to 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 find a financial to find a financial Sherpa, uh, or or to find their financial bartender, uh, um, uh, certainly share this episode with them. Let them just get to know Brian and Chris and all of the other great uh, advisors uh, and partners at Cahaba Wealth Management. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the There Is a Better Way podcast. That concludes this episode of There Is a Better Way. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you check back regularly for new episodes and get connected to the wisdom you'll need to make confident decisions about your family's financial future and well-being. We'll see you on the next episode.